Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long we are talking about and with some true leadership powerhouses, but really about how to make sure that we are not only better leaders for ourselves, for our people, but in our lives. And so my guest today is going to have a great connection of how we need to remember that whatever we're trying to do with our jobs to lead other people and initiatives, we also have to take care of ourselves. So Joe Bernstein founded Drop the Armor Wellness. Why? Well, because he was on his own mission. Well, first of all, he's on another mission to help other people, but it started out with, with him. But now his mission is to help other men feel the love and freedom that he learned to cultivate when his own life fell apart in 2013. Now, uh, you know, many of us can, <laughs> we can uh, understand this. He had to learn to thrive romantically, thrive romantically in response to a divorce. Many of us have been there. He also lost 160 pounds without dieting. And he left his first career to build his new mission focused on business to help light up, or he became lit up to help other men do the same. And it's important the lit up part instead of just light up, but I think he lit himself up definitely. And his clients are successful business owners, executives in tech, top individual performers, leaders, creatives, entrepreneurs, anyone who wants a lit up life. And they're all big hearted men that often feel stuck in their heads, maybe even stuck in their careers. We know that too. Those that desire more social or romantic connection. So see how this all comes together to find our you know, way that the personal and professional really melds together. And Joe helps them let go of uh, overthinking <laughs> and those that use stress as a motivator to instead live a life rooted in a clear head and open heart with solid guts. He also leads transformational men's initiatives in the Mankind Project and is involved in showing up for racial justice, the DC chapter healing team. So Joe, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm really grateful to be on the show and get to share some insights, wisdom with your audience. You know, it's really important to me that when we talk about being leaders or professionals, you know, we talk about this part of our work life that we don't ever forget how important it is to also take care of our personal lives, our personal selves, because when those things are out of balance, you could still be making millions of dollars and, you know, knocking it out of the water, but it doesn't mean you're going to be happy. And being happy is when we really find success. So, you know, that just, I hit some of those things in your bio, but tell us a little bit more in your own words about you, about what you do every day and how that helps your clients to shock their potential. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. I, I will. Yeah, I'll try and give a short version of the story of why I do what I do, how I got into it. But essentially, you know, I lived a life where I was raised pretty risk averse. Uh, my family was all very loving and supportive. I was always taught I could be whatever I wanted to be, but we also didn't have a lot of accountability, set sights very high. There was a lot of playing it safe in every moment, whether it's my mom being like afraid of me going to the mall but until I was old enough to work there because I'd get kidnapped, right? Or whether it was my dad being afraid that we never had enough time or enough money. 
I really just embodied these beliefs of scarcity and fear and risk aversion. And on top of that, you know, we were one of the beliefs that kind of got caught in the 80s trying to be really healthy, but eating all that crap that we were taught was good for you and diet food. And we were almost all very overweight. I was probably the heaviest uh, kid in school at all times throughout my life. So I just embodied a lot of really, we talk about limiting beliefs. I remember yeah. being 16 and thinking, uh, well, I'm over 300 pounds already. So I'll probably just continue to grow bigger and bigger and die young of a heart attack, 40s or 50s. I really thought that. And I just thought that, you know, I wouldn't have much success romantically or that I, that I would kind of behave a lot like my parents because they had a lot mm-hmm. of friction. And mm-hmm. so I thought, you know, marriage and love and kids and family, maybe that's not for me either. And I have learning disabilities or I'm differently abled when it comes to learning. So from a very get-go, I was not the best academic. And mm-hmm. so I just had all these ideas that like, I can't be much. I can't have a great career. If I'm lucky to even have anyone in my life that love me and I'll probably just be unhealthy. So what we believe, that's what we create. Yeah. Just seems to be the truth. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I was 25, I was 340 pounds. I'd failed out of college. I was actually in a retail career with a company I loved. So I was really thriving in my career at a very young age, running multi-million dollar stores for Bose Corporation by the time I was like 26, but nothing else in my life was, was, was happening. Now, fast forward a little bit. I did date a little bit. I found somebody, we got married, but that went downhill really fast. So I thought to myself, 31, I've been obese pretty much my whole life. I'm in a retail career where literally without a college degree, I'm already at the top. I'm already at the ceiling. I'm managing multiple stores. I'm doing well. They're multi-million dollar stores. And I'm known around the company, but there's nowhere else for me to go. And out of nowhere, the woman I was with and thought I'd live with forever basically said she was kind of one foot out the door. Things weren't working for her. So everything fell apart. I had a little health crisis that year. Uh, she decided the relationship was over. My performance at, the, at my job started to decline. And, and so I just hit this wall where I said, I'm 31. And there's all of this happening in my life. And now there's a fork in the road. Yeah. I kind of just played it safe. I did the stuff that I thought was easy to get what the basics of life of what I wanted. I had a comfortable life and and that didn't get me where I wanted and everything fell apart. So it was basically a choice point of take responsibility, learn about what got me to this point in my life or continue on this trajectory, continue on this path. And I remember very clearly the moment where I I saw that opportunity. And for me, I just, the breakdown of my life made me insatiable to learn about human potential. You know, you want to talk about shock your potential. I yeah. just became nonstop. I'd be up till 2, 3 a.m. sometimes, you know, watching TED Talks and reading personal growth mm-hmm. books and doing coaches programs like consistently, like I was in grad school. Um, mm-hmm. You know, within a year, I'd lost over 100 pounds. I'd really transformed my dating life and had a lot of confidence in my social life. And I was actually performing better than ever I ever had in my leadership at Bose Corporation. So I just woke up one day and was like, okay, this has got to be, I, I cannot know what I know and I've done what I've done without sharing it with other people in the world. And I was very connected to like men's work. I got involved in some men's organizations to help men with emotional intelligence and leadership and understanding our values and communication. 
but just said, I got to be someone that helps other men. And that was six years ago. Ever since then, I've been on the path to creating my own lit the fuck up life, as I call it, where, you know, every day I'm excited to do what I do. I'm excited about the things I spend my time in. I'm really aligned with values. So how do I help people? How do I shock their potential? It's really about helping men who've been in that place where they got comfortable in life, where they became risk averse, where they Mm -hmm. got themselves to a certain plateau that was maybe at their goal level or even beyond the goals that they had when they were young. But now they're just not feeling aligned anymore. They're feeling a little stuck. They're not passionate. They're not connecting with partners. They're not having the excitement and social life or the fun and the connection social life that they once wanted. And what I really help them do is simply align and use their whole body of wisdom, head, heart, and guts. You know, we're taught to be all head centered in this <laughs> world, especially men, especially yeah. men. And so we really have to learn to connect with our true desires and our passions, and our emotions and to really understand what it takes to take risks in like the second stage of life, you know, this yeah. stage where we're already an adult, we think we know what we want and we're not there. Yeah. So I'll stop for now and we can go into a lot more detail. I know it's a bit of a vague description, but we can, we could get into more if you'd like to. Uh, dive you know, into. I don't think it's, <clears throat> I don't think it's really vague. I really like, you know, the, the overarching concept of this too. And you, you know, you talk about aligning to your values And it's really important. And I think it's kind of interesting coming out, you know, post pandemic, how many people really started to ask themselves, what's important to me? And I think Mm -hmm. we're seeing it now. And, you know, what we've we've been deemed the, what we're deeming the great resignation, that people who were still very risk averse, um, you know, during the pandemic, were still like, if I'm not losing my job, I'm going to hold on to my job. I don't care how much I hate my job. I'm going to keep my job. And now they're coming out of it. Many people and saying, you know what? I don't, want to hate my job anymore. I want to actually like my professional career. I want to like my life. I want to feel better. Um, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's a really great time, but it'll be curious to me what it looks like six months from now, because when you mm-hmm. talk about risk aversion, you, it's one thing to say, I'm going to quit my job. And some people do, and some people jump and whatever, but how many just are thinking it and they're kind of looking, but they don't do it. And six mm-hmm. months from now, they're like, well, this is not so bad. It's fine. I got a steady paycheck, you know, and that right. question of what is my risk tolerance? What am I willing to do to find happiness? And you really did it within yourself to motivate other people to do that. Not meaning they have to quit their job, but to, right. to start learning to take risks that are better for themselves. It must be kind of terrifying at some point for some of your clients, like it was for you, but also really exciting to see that transformation and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is amazing. And and, and you touch on something really powerful. We're in this time where the universe, the earth, whatever you want to call it, has said, mm-hmm. wake up. If you're on mm-hmm. autopilot, you're not going to be anymore. Things have to change. Routines change. People's in- yeah. relationship to time has yeah. changed. People's relationship to how they spend their money has yeah. changed. And so it's a big wake-up call for a lot of people. I mean, I have clients doing amazing things. I have a client who quit his job at Google, moved back home with his parents for a few months, then went to Brazil and started to find a way to live off like $1,000 a year so he can figure out how to make his future dreams as a author, dating coach, and plant medicine shaman all work. Like that's kind of the kind of thing that's going 
so that's one example. A more mild example is of a client who he and his wife, they both have really good, steady, well-paying jobs, um, but they both on the side are coaches. She's a health coach and he's an endurance coach for athletes who are training oh, for wow. like triathletes and Ironmans yep. and stuff. And they basically decided that they had a five-year plan to move down to South Carolina. Well, the pandemic made it happen. We figured out how he can help create better relationships at work and negotiate full-time remote work yeah. and negotiate to have certain boundaries around time so he could do more work on his coaching business for athletes, et cetera. So, you know, people are taking big leaps left and right. And to me, yeah. that's what getting lit up is all about, whether it's yeah. taking a big leap into starting your, you know, your gym life, because that can be a big risk at time for people who've never really been, you know, into fitness to get really focused on the body and yep, to align yep. their whole body and energy, you know, um, or whether it's, you know, figuring out how to really re-engage and put up boundaries with work and with your home life. So you can do the art that you used to love or that you could start a side business or whatever. It doesn't have to be quitting the job. I mean, I'm big on helping you know, people who want to transition into freelance work kind of launch that lifestyle because that's a heck of a hero's journey. Um, no, but, but yeah, people are just totally in a place of reassessing values. And, and I find many men are stuck on values that were taught to us by previous generations that were taught to us growing up that mm -hmm. were subs we subscribed to at yeah. a young age before we were very conscious of what we wanted and who we really are. Yeah. And you can go on autopilot and go very far without realizing how uncomfortable it is to be living someone else's values. It really is. And, you know, I'll tell you, and it's, it's going to sound a little strange, maybe given what you just said, but I, it really struck me um, because I had a, I had a big aha moment this morning, you know, from like most people, you know, as an entrepreneur, I work from home. Um, most of my, much of my career, I had a home-based office or was traveling, whatever. Um, prior to the pandemic, my husband and I both traveled extensively. And so of course, for the first week in lockdown, you know, I'm like, what are you doing in my space? You know, why are you here? You know, you come down to my <laughs> office and I'm like, go away. Um, right. But then it was such a joy and we got in such a routine and, you know, we'd have lunch every day and, you know, every morning's like, okay, so when do you have meetings? Cause we were cognizant of, you know, making sure not to make noise outside of each other's spaces. And for the last, so he, his company has gone back to the office three days a week since the beginning of June. And it dawned on me this morning as he walked out the door, I was like, I miss him so much. I mean, I've been talking about it, but I miss him so much that I'm going through a different withdrawal. And I, I, when he gets home tonight, I'm going to ask him, are you feeling this way? Because I couldn't figure out why for the last few weeks, I've just been like, oh, I don't have the same energy. I'm missing something. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, you're talking about aligning to your values. And all of a sudden my value became... I get to spend, you know, for 15 months, I got to spend every day with my husband. Most people might not like that, but I really, I really do. And I think it's interesting because <laughs> now I'm trying to figure out how do you align this when we have to go back to some more of these traditional values that are expected of us. It's, it's not easy for people to find alignment, especially when you might've found some and now you have to transition again. Right, right. So there's that reality of, of this. First of all, I just want to, slow down and say like, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. It touches me, you know, someone who I really believe that more of us can be open hearted and heart centered and that mm -hmm. that is a form of leadership that the world is aching for today, even in the business. 
And so to hear you talk about how much, you know, the hustle and bustle lifestyle changed into really enjoying lots of connection with your husband yeah. rather than wanting to pull each other's hair out is really sweet to me. And I just, that's my, that's my primary value or, you know, Mark Manson, he's known for writing the book, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, but really his, his next book that came out last year, um, Everything's Fucked, a book about hope. It's even better. And he talks about really how we orient our lives around things and almost treat it like religion. And so we have what, I can't remember if he called it that or if I changed it a little bit to what we call like a God value, which is like a prime value that whether we're conscious to it or not, we wrap our life around it. And I would say that for me, it's love. So thank you for kind of touching my heart in that moment. He's a lucky guy for you to be feeling that way, your husband. Um, but but when our val when the world changes around us and we recognize our values have shifted, it can be really hard to then claim the space, the time, the energy. Maybe it's yeah. the money for what we need, right? Like I've really just a small example. I've fallen in love a few couple years ago with a, a major cyclist, and so I've been becoming a major cyclist. Yeah. So I used to be really big on exercise efficiency. Do you know, high intensity interval training, get your meditation and get it done, be, be wrapped up and working like 90 minutes after you wake up. I also used to real, like really be kind of stingy around possessions. I love to spend money on travel. I spent lots of money on coaching and training and transformational experiences. Possessions aren't big for me. Well, now this morning I did an hour and 45 minute bike ride and I'm looking at ways I can spend like five grand on a new bike. So, you know, things change. That's a, a micro example, but things really change in our life and we aren't aware of how they've changed and we haven't made the shifts in our priorities. Mm -hmm. That can be where we feel really stuck. Like I noticed that with people with their work. Yeah. A lot of the time they don't need to leave their career. They don't need to leave the company, but they might need to renegotiate work boundaries. They might need to renegotiate pay. They might need to renegotiate responsibilities mm -hmm. to do the thing that lights them more, more up within the organization. And for years, I've been able to help people do that in pre-pandemic. It's like, just get in there. If you are a valuable member of a team, they're going to want to keep you on the team in yep, some way, absolutely. shape or form. And so many of us are conditioned by like the big brother capitalism mindset of like, we don't have the power. Well, if you're good at your work, you do have power and you and don't actually, want, they the don't want to be, yeah. Yeah. And now's no the best time. Yeah. I mean, look at like a, even, even like a, um, someone at a C level or even like a middle management, I heard that it takes close to a million dollars for a large corporation to replace them. Yes. Right? So you got a lot of chips you can play as far as renegotiating how your life wants to be. But so many of us get stuck in this fear-based idea. Well, that's not the company culture. If I do that, I'm selfish. Shouldn't I be a team player? You know, who the heck am I to want this? No one else is going for it. But we have to be able to take those risks and go after what we want if we really want to have that lit up life. You know? so. Yeah, I think so too. And, I, and I'm hoping that people, you know, realize how much power they do have and not meaning like you have power, you're in the power position. So go, you know, demand it. I mean, like, don't be a jerk, but, right. <laughs> but uh, people who negotiate when, without being a jerk, many times get exactly what they want, or at least, you know, as close to it that they never dreamed possible. You have to plan. There's a lot of steps involved to do it, but once you do it and you're really clear about what you want, 
many times you're going to get it, especially to your point. If you're already an asset to that company, they need you, they want you, they want to figure out a way to keep you and keep you as productive as you've been, mm-hmm. as well as keep you at balance because they know what's the alternative this person might leave. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, Joe, and we're going to be right back and uh, we'll keep talking as we go. Imagine starting a long journey without a map or even a clear idea of the obstacles ahead. That's exactly what it's like for entrepreneurs who start companies with a lot of passion, but without the financial expertise to grow and scale their businesses and create long-term wealth for their families. Find a financial advisor who can help you map a better journey. Wayne Titus shows you how in his book, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being. With the right advisor at your side, you'll have the freedom to focus on what really matters to you. Get the Entrepreneur's Guide to Financial Well-Being at Amazon.com and in the virtual bookstore on the Shock Your Potential app. And we are back with Joe Bernstein and we are talking about really about, I think, aligning to your, you know, to your values. I keep coming back to that as you said that. And before I ask you one other question, I'm just going to take another selfish uh, moment, you know, <laughs> talking about my story, because sure. as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, you know, even like yesterday, I said to my husband, so are you going into the office tomorrow? Now, I know he has to go in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I should have asked. And he's like, yes. Mm-hmm. But now I'm wondering, am I, you know, Instead, when he comes home tonight, I want to say, you know, the reason I keep asking you that is I keep hoping you're not going to go, you know, just to not to make him feel guilty because I don't want to do that, but just to make sure he knows it's okay for him to say, you know, I wish I didn't have to go too, or let's just have it or, Hey, you know, I, I, I am enjoying going back for some time, but let's figure out, you know, how to, to bridge some of these things we're missing. But I, I share that just because thinking about what you're doing. I think this kind of awareness and open dialogue with yourself, with your friends, with your coach, with your partner could really open up for some amazing um, synergy on how we find and make time. And like you said, clear the time and the space for the things that are important. I think this is just my assumption based on what you're saying. And I believe it too, is that this will make us all better leaders as well. Leaders of other people, leaders of our businesses, leaders of ourselves. So, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. So I got really geeked times about evolution and evolutionary psychology. And on a really micro level, I learned that you know, evolution, we think about it in these big sweeping changes, you know, physically within a species, but reality is evolution for humanity because we're so conscious and so intelligent is really about making small shifts all the time to be more connected to what really matters. So we are in a stage of humanity where evolution for leaders is required. Mm -hmm. The ability to understand their own values the ability to feel, take responsibility for, but also communicate in a healthy way, in a non-damaging way, in a connection-based, not conflict-based way, the experiences of emotion they're feeling, and the mm-hmm. ability to understand their team members, their, their contractors, you know, their clients' emotional experience and their values is probably going to be, and probably already is, one of the number one tools for any leader in the world. But we're taught to lead based on force. We're taught to lead based on kind of scarcity and creating fear. We're taught to lead based in efficiency. But at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're past the point where, at least in the, you know, the Western culture, at least in the American world, 
where people want to, they don't want to be led that way. They want to be led in a way where they're seen as a human, where they're understood as a unique contributor, that their different skill sets and different intelligences are valued, challenged, grown. And so we cannot be, as leaders, cookie cutter anymore. We have to really be able to understand the individuals that we're working with on both sides of any you know, transaction, right? Like whether it's a client or whether it's an employee or someone we're working with in a collaboration or someone we're leading in a volunteer space, we're doing volunteer work. Yeah. It's really about aligning with your values. It's about learning to be truly authentic and understanding your emotions. When we're hiding what we truly want or what's truly important to us, whether we're hiding it from us or from others, other people feel that. And they may not be able to call you out and go, you know, Michael, you're hiding, you're hiding something, but they feel it and they trust you less. Yeah. And they respond less to your calls to action, to your style of accountability, to your efforts to inspire. So it's yeah. time that we get really authentically aligned with our, our values, our personality, our emotions. We just can't fake it and, and put on the kind of corporate smile anymore. And, you know, I think of um, the Drew Carey show. You know, you ever watch the Drew Carey <laughs> yeah, show, you know, back in the 90s yeah. or 2000s? Yeah. There was a scene where his manager comes up to him and he, and Drew had some sort of loss. I can't remember what it was. If some, some he got, he got a broke breakup or someone in the family died, but he's got the manual and he walks up to him and he goes, okay, middle management. Hugs him and slightly and pats him on the back three times. It's like three times for middlemen. We can't do that. There's not going to be a manual, you know, leadership and emotional intelligence, even as it's taught yeah. uh, uh, through HR departments and, and leadership training. It's still, it's actually not at the point where we're evolving to to help people experience more of what I call emotional fluency, so that they can really feel, understand, make meaning from, and communicate emotions in a connecting way. So yeah, leaders have to be aligned. They have to be it's aligned with values and emotions. It's interesting for me um, because I've led large, large groups. Now I have kind of a small group, but my entire group is remote. Lately, I've been um, having to give a lot of constructive feedback for where we're going. And, and so I keep talking about, you know, this is not always going to feel good because it doesn't feel good to be, have things pointed out that you're not doing correctly. But I keep trying to say, I know this doesn't feel good, but just try and take the emotion out of it for a minute and realize that I'm, I'm, my goal is to make you even better. And I wouldn't be doing this with you if you weren't worth it. If you weren't worth, if I didn't believe you could excel even farther, but I have to watch them because especially being remote, you know, you have to be even more cognizant of what kind of emotions are being presented here as, cause we do everything by video and I'm like, Hey, I, I can see it in your eyes that this is tough for you right now. Like I can recognize I'm probably maxing you out. And there's been a couple of times where I've said, okay, I want you to stop and take a few deep breaths and let me know if you want to pick this up a little bit later. You know, you tell me because it it's, it's hard, but I'm telling you this because I know what you're capable of and I know how much you've already grown. So let's have some open discussions about it because I don't want it to hurt you. I want you to feel like you can lean into it, but I recognize that it's not going to feel good. And I'm trying to get better at it myself because mm -hmm. when we are really paying attention, we know when things are hard for our people. Um, and there have been times in my career where I'm like, I just got to move on to the next thing. And now I'm like, no, I'm going to deal with this right here where it is and try and be better. But um, but in order to be better, we have to have our awareness up even higher 
to be better for ourselves and better for them. But it's just, it's, you know, like to your point, you have to continue to make those small steps and small adjustments to get better yourself as a leader, to make your team better. Yeah. Yeah. Leadership in so many ways, whether you're leading yourself to better habits or leading your relationship, because there's a really hard conversation and you want to make a bit of a shift in how things work mm-hmm. or whether you're leading a company it's, you know, there's, there's skills or capacities. And to me, two of the most important right now for leaders to develop is courage and compassion. We can mm-hmm. do both feel the fear and do it, say it anyway, and have deep compassion for yourself and the people who you're connecting with and receiving on the other end. That is truly going to be the rocket fuel uh, to be right now for leaders moving into this new era. You know, I feel like in some ways the pandemic has turned us at least 10 degrees and it's like moving us to the era. And some of my, um, you know, more uh, kind of magical astrology focused people would say, that we're actually moving into a new eon, but that's a whole other conversation. I will <laughs> that, that it's really about now going, it's been the last eon was really about masculine energy and force energy. And the new eons are going to be about power, which is really the integration of more of a masculine and a feminine, more of a flex and flow and, you know, bringing, bring real power to our ability as humans. So, you know, that, that's, that's it. No, we don't need to go too much into like alchemical it. marriage stuff, but yeah, but, uh, but that's where we're going. It, it's not going to be, a, uh, you know, the future is not going to be led by a lot of these old strategies, overthinking, stressed, mm-hmm. fear-based motivation, force. It's just not going to go any much further. And that's going to be on a global mm-hmm. universal level. Good. Okay. I like it. Now I feel really positive. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have you to have, have you back and we'll have a whole episode on that one. I love it. Well, Joe, <laughs> I love study. <laughs> exactly. I love what you're sharing. Thank you so much. We're going to have all your contact information on our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, the best way they can find me is you can go to my website, joebernsteincoaching.com. Or if you're a Facebook person, I wasn't a Facebook person for years. The last few years I've actually been getting into it. I have, there's a, a Facebook group that I host, Drop the Armor Dojo on Facebook. And so you can search Drop the Armor Dojo. You can join a bunch of really open-hearted, badass people who are working to create that lit up life in all realms, personally, professionally, spiritually, physically, really get support from others. Um, and you know, if you like what some of the stuff we, ha- uh, we talked about today, you can also email me, joe at dropthearmor.com. I have two new programs. One is a 12-month love-it-or-leave-it program. Either fall in love with your work, current, current work and career or leave it within a year. Um, yeah. And I have a new four-month program for leaders called Feel, which is really teaching them to access the emotions, communicate them, and connect with other human beings in a deeper way. You know, there's so many brilliant people out there that just don't quite have the emotional intelligence, the emotional fluency. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing is that's extremely trainable. So yes. those are a couple of things you can reach out and talk to me about if you're interested too. I love it. Great. Thank you. And before we go, Joe, what are your last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Mm, yeah. You know, I, I, I like to say that we really only, there's only three choices you have in life. Now, the truth is somebody who studied how the brain works say that we make over 35,000 decisions each day. Wow. But if you ask me, they're boiled down to three, love or fear, courage or comfort, creation or consumption. Mm. You can create the levels of mindfulness where you have awareness of your choice points 
Am I choosing love or fear? Am I choosing courage or comfort? Am I choosing creation or consumption? You will stack good choices that lead you to want in life. And before you know it, you'll look back and your whole life will be different. So those three choices really do inspire us to move forward. I love it. Joe, thank you so much for sharing not only your, your personal story, but your passion for what you do for yourself and for others. I think it's, it obviously is, is having an impact on the world. Thank you so much for being our guest today. Thank you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.